0: Good morning. It's wonderful to have people in the room here. It really makes such a difference. Um, hopefully I'll hear people laughing at my jokes now. Probably not. <laughs> Listen, there was a, I read a survey recently about um, how during the pandemic more people have been turning to prayer. People, A lot more people than usual have been praying. Um, according to the same survey, the spiritual leader that most people identified as the one that they would trust is the vicar of Dibley. Close second. Second's place was shared between Sister, what's her name? Sister Evangelina, called the midwife. Anyone watch that? I've never watched that. And, and guess who? Father Ted. So I don't know what conclusions you would draw from a survey like that, but I do know that prayer is something that most people engage in at some time or another. And as, listen, if you, if you want to make a Christian feel guilty, just ask them, how's your prayer life? because I think most of us kind of feel like prayer is something that we, that we ought to do more or, or that we should do better. And a lot of the time the problem is we just, we don't know how to pray, or we're not sure what to pray for. And the good thing is, to me the encouraging thing is that the, those first disciples seem to feel exactly the same way as we do. And, and when they asked Jesus to teach them to pray, What he didn't do was give them a whole bunch of techniques and principles. He taught them what we call the Lord's Prayer. And that's going to be our focus for about the next eight weeks. We'll be taking just one little part of this prayer each week, not just on Sunday mornings, but also to reflect on and to pray from during the the following week. And, you know, our focus isn't so much on how to pray as the one to whom we are praying. Now, in the Easter goodie bags that we delivered, you, received, you should have received some material that goes along with this series, including uh, doodle sheets and materials for the kids. And so I think it'd be just great if we could all see this next couple of months as an opportunity to pray together like Jesus. And, and listen, if you're watching this, and you'd like a copy of the material that that goes with this series, then just email the office and we will get that to you. So this week, we begin by praying, Our Father in Heaven. Now, as we come to this, I'm aware that, that these two words, Father and Heaven, come with a lot of preconceived ideas, a lot of baggage attached to them. Firstly, a lot of people think of Heaven as somewhere way up there, or way in the future. But heaven and earth are part of one present reality, the visible and the invisible. And the fact that we can't see it doesn't mean that it isn't real. And the truth is that right now, we can participate in heavenly realities and make them visible here on earth. And we'll be looking at that in some more detail in the coming weeks. But for for this morning, let's just be aware that when when we pray to our Father in heaven, we are not praying to some distant deity who is up there looking down on us, but we are praying to one who is much closer than we think. Secondly, for some of us, I'm aware that our experience of an earthly father makes the whole idea of God as our Father just very difficult to take on board. You know, what if, what if you didn't know your dad, or what if your relationship with your 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 dad has just left you very hurt or wounded? And if that's you, listen. What, you know, I understand the difficulty that you are in, and and it's it, the truth is, I just, I please don't switch off and think that this isn't something that that you can. That you can do something that that isn't for you because the truth is that even the best of human fathers are a a very imperfect reflection of our father in heaven And, and everything that we can think of that makes for a good dad has its source in him so so if you're someone who's carrying a father wound my my prayer is that you can see past the earthly father who hurts you and, and over the, the course of these next few weeks, begin to open your heart to our Father in heaven who heals you and who makes you whole. And the thing to remember is, above, is that above all else, His heart towards us is love. It's love. And that, you know, that love is expressed in a multitude of different ways. But, but I think, for me, the greatest expression of His love is identified in the first letter of John, chapter 3 and verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, How great is the love has lavished on us. I wonder if, if you had been completing that verse, what might you have said. But here's what he says. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is, that is what we are. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, that God lavishes his love on us most of all. The greatest greatest way that he does this is by calling us his children, by making us his children. And it's because we are his children that we can call him and know him as Father. So the question is, how did you and I become his children? On what basis does he call us? His children and the answer is that we become his children by adoption and that happens whenever you put your trust in Jesus all that Caleb was telling us about through his death and resurrection all that he's done for us through his death and resurrection in other words when you hear the good news about Jesus dying for us and being raised from the dead and you put your trust in him then you are adopted as a child of God. And in his classic book, Knowing God, Jim Packer makes the point that our adoption as God's children is the highest privilege that the good news offers. And so many of the things that are true about you are true because you are an adopted and beloved child of our Father in heaven. So as we anticipate reflecting during this coming week on what it means for us to pray to our Father in Heaven, I want to tell you this morning, I want to tell you a few home truths about yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go through them fairly quickly, but maybe you could do something unusual and actually make a note of them as, so that you can think and pray about them yourself over this coming week. And I've got... Six things I want to tell you about yourself this morning. So you could, if you wanted, take one each day, Monday through to Saturday next week, and and reflect on them and pray about them. The first thing I want to tell you is that because God is our Father, you have a whole new identity. When it says that you're called a child of God, that's not just a name or, or a title. More than anything else about you, that is what defines who you are. Your identity is no longer determined by your natural family or by what you do or by what you have or by what you achieve or what other people think of you. No, you're a child of God. That is what you are. And when the legal authorities declare that a child is adopted, From that moment, the child takes on a new identity. They're called by a different name. And in the same way, when you come to God through faith in Jesus, God declares that you are now legally His child. You get a new identity. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Maybe you've watched the TV program, Who Do You Think You Are? That's a great question. Who do you think you are? Because who you think you are is hugely important. It will have a big effect on how you live day to day, or how you think about yourself. If you think that you're useless, unlovable, disappointing, a loser, that's going to have a massive effect on every relationship that you have and everything that you attempt to do. So who do you think you are? That's a great question to ask yourself this week. And the answer is, you're a child of God. That is what you are. And every time you pray, our Father in heaven, you are affirming that truth of who you are. Secondly, Because God is our Father, you can enjoy a close relationship with Him. Prayer isn't something that you have to do in order to please Him. It's not like one more item on your to-do list. It's something you get to do in order to enjoy a relationship with Him. At heart, it's, it's about a beloved child taking time to talk to their father who loves to listen, who always has time for them. The comedian Frank Skinner said that praying to God is the only place he doesn't need to put on an act. When I pray, he said, it's the only conversation I have where I utterly drop my guard about every doubt and fear and idiocy and imperfection. If I didn't pray, I don't know where I'd find that unwrapping of myself. Listen, our Father's love isn't conditional upon your achievements. It isn't diminished by your failures or your idiocy or your doubts or your imperfections. With Him, you can be real. You can be honest. You don't have to be on your best behavior. He won't be shocked and He won't shame you. So maybe we could practice unwrapping ourselves before our Heavenly Father this coming week. Thirdly, because God is our Father, you have a new family. The very first word in the prayer is our, our Father. And those two words bind us not only to God, but to one another. First and foremost, we are family. We're brothers and sisters. Now listen, you've probably noticed that children growing up together have a way of rubbing corners off each other. They don't always see eye to eye, but like any father, God expects us to learn how to get along together. And if you're reading through the New Testament over these coming months, we're in the book of Acts now, then you're going to come across an awful lot in the New Testament is about the children of God learning how to get along with one another. So maybe this week we could spend some time Thanking our Father for our new family and asking Him who He'd like us to reach out to and to bless in some way. Fourthly, because God is our Father, you have His Spirit in you. Romans 8.15, For you didn't receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the Spirit of adoption by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Now listen, sometimes the behaviors a child has developed before their adoption can, become, can be quite deeply embedded and it, and it takes time for them to change. And it's the same, the same with us. What brings about real and lasting change isn't learning a set of rules, but knowing, that, knowing deep down that you're loved, that you belong, to him. And, and if, if that's something that you've yet to experience, or, or if that's something that you've lost sight of, then let's ask the Father this week to give you the spirit of adoption, to whisper in your soul that you are a beloved child of God. Fifthly, adopting you was our Father's plan from the beginning. You know, nobody adopts a child by accident. No one who adopts a child says, ooh, slipped up there. I don't know how that happened. It's, it involves a definite choice. It's, there's, a, there's a process that you need to go through, and that's how it is with God adopting you and I. Ephesians 1, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 says, for he chose us, In Christ before the creation of the world in love he predestined us to be adopted as his children through Jesus Christ you're not a mistake (laughs) for you know for God adoption adopting you was plan a right from the very beginning keep reminding yourself of that this week Finally, because God is our Father, you share in the family inheritance. Romans 8:17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And as God's adopted children, we share in the inheritance of Jesus, the Son of God. We are included in in all the privileges and benefits that go with his sonship. Now, here's the amazing thing, and this is the truth that's at the heart of the gospel, that Jesus was the sole heir. It was all his. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, all things were created by him and for him, and yet he became like us in order that we can become like him. He died in our place so that we might live with him. And and on the cross, we see the only begotten son forsaken by his father so that he can bring many adopted children, sons and daughters to glory. And right now, he gives us his spirit as a foretaste of what's coming to us, a deposit that guarantees our inheritance. Well, what is it that we stand to inherit? Well, for starters, there's eternal life in God's new creation, when heaven and earth will be one. Uh, who is who is it that's supposed to inherit the earth? By the way, the meek, in other words, those who are humble enough to to submit their lives to come humbly to God and submit their lives to him, and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those are the meek who will inherit the earth. And, and there in God's creation, we will experience such a fullness of life that right now is impossible for us. We just don't have the capacity to imagine it. So let's just finish again by look at, looking at that passage that we, that we, began, we began with, 1 John Chapter 3, verse 1, how great is the love that the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And then he goes on to say this, he says, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, when Jesus returns, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, Christians will often say this world is not our home, but it will be. It will be because our father in the end will be here with us in the new heaven and the new earth, and he will make all things new. And Revelation 21 says, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Listen, what God intended from the beginning will come to pass, as surely as we are sitting here this morning. Now, maybe you're asking yourself, well, that sounds great. What do I need to do in order to be part of all this? And the answer is, you simply have to say yes to Jesus, to God's offer of life in Him. Yes to who He is. Yes to what He has done for you through his death and resurrection, in order to reconcile you to God the Father. John 1 verse 12 says, to all who receive him, that's Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or a husband's will, but born of God. The good news is that God doesn't Adopt you because you're better or smarter or because of anything you've done or not done. He adopts you because of his heart of love towards you and because of who he is, the Father. And and all that's required of you is that you walk through the door that has been opened to you by Jesus, by believing in him. Jesus told the story of a a son, familiar story, a son who rejects his father and goes off to make a life on his own, but things don't turn out the way that he expected. Things get really bad, and eventually he decided to come home. And he's apprehensive about what kind of reception he'll receive from his father. So as he as he comes home, he's re- rehearsing to himself what he's going to say and how he's going to apologize. But before he can say anything, his father comes running to meet him and throws his arms around him. And that's the kind of reception that you can expect from our Father in heaven. And, and I want to invite you this morning to take that step if you haven't already done so. I, I'm, I'm just going to pray briefly now. And if you want to get to know God, As the father who has always loved you and is ready to welcome you home, then just look to him as you echo this prayer in your own heart. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to show us what you're like, to open the way for me to be reconciled to you, to be adopted as your child and to know you as father. I come to you now, putting my trust in all that Jesus has done for me through his death and resurrection. And in his name, I ask you to give me your spirit, to make you known to me, and to help me to live for you from this day forward. Amen. Now listen, if you have prayed that prayer with me, then I just encourage you now to join With the rest of God's far from perfect but beloved children, as we all pray together the Lord's Prayer. You'll see it coming up on the screen now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins. As we forgive those who sin against us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen.